How do I charge a car? Can I charge it in the rain? How far can I drive? Electric car? What's a power grid? Is V2G possible? What is V2G? Do I get free parking for my EV? Hi everyone and welcome to Electric Avenue, a podcast about the electric mobility revolution and new energy economy as seen from our perspective out here in Central and Eastern Europe. I'm your host, Aaron Fishbone, Communications Director at Electric Mobility Charging Service Provider Greenway based in Bratislava, Slovakia. This is the last episode in our special three-part series recorded live, not from our studio in Bratislava, but rather from Brussels, where Greenway organized a conference to bring some important emerging issues to the awareness of policymakers there. These episodes are going to be slightly longer than our usual shows, but they're well worth it. This episode is about infrastructure financing. If you're a company curious about getting public financing from one of the European institutions like the European Investment Bank or European Commission, but do not know where to get started, then this episode is for you. Because one of the experiences that we at Greenway had was in getting funding from a variety of sources. Because let's be honest, I mean, electric vehicle charging infrastructure is just that, it's infrastructure. And it requires a significant upfront investment to build a network that works that people can rely on and adjust their habits around. Only when the network exists and they trust it will the majority of people transition to electric vehicles. Greenway recently received a loan from the European Investment Bank. It wasn't easy and we learned a lot throughout the process. We organized this panel to share this experience and debate the topic of financing models to, hopefully, make it easier for other companies in the future. On the panel, we have Gautier Klar, who's the Senior Financial Engineering Manager for the Innovation and Networks Executive Agency of the European Commission, Agustina Scardino Malva, who's the Head of the Renewable Energy Resources Unit in the DG Research and Innovation of the European Commission, and Pia Nieminen, who's a Policy Advisor for the European Investment Bank's Brussels office. The panel is moderated by Peter Badik, Managing Partner of Greenway. Enjoy! Thank you. This project, which we are now finishing, is only the beginning. What we want to share and have another panel is as well about how to go forward. And I believe that this is a very interesting experience which we have in a couple of last months, how we were able to secure additional funding for rollout of infrastructure of our works in the future. We would like to share this experience and we ask experts as well to come to this panel, maybe for other companies to do similar things and uh, being able to secure the financing for larger rollout of the infrastructure in the future. So let me start with the basic parameters of our financing and how we get to that. So we, I will explain our case, uh, which we can then debate further and, and debate how this could be replicated or how it could be done in different and maybe in an even better way than, than we did. So when it comes to the financing of our future plan for electromobility, as I show you, it's about 34 million euro, which we intend to spend on the infrastructure and all other activities related to the charging infrastructure. Basically, Let's talk about the structure and financing. A little bit boring stuff maybe, but maybe for some more interesting. So first of all, what we did with the EIB during the process of getting the financing was that we were calculating the financial need for several years. So we calculated the so-called funding gap between 2017 and 2020. So we basically came to EIB and we told them, 
hey, for our company to grow and to be a sustainable, we need certain asset base, we need to grow to a certain size, and therefore we need a certain amount of money. We calculated based on this projection together that there is a funding gap of about 34 million euro for the year 2017 to 2020. According to the rules, EIB were able to cover 50% of this funding gap or the project cost, let's call it this way. At that time, we started to call it a project. And the remaining part had to be covered from other sources. It could be either in co-investment. In our case, it was a Slovak investment holding. I will talk about a little bit later. As well, the other grants, some of them already secured, the, the CEF funding, one of the projects which we are finishing now. We have one additional project, which we are running at the moment, which will finish in the mid of uh, next year. And as well, there is a portion of this overall budget which will be covered simply by our revenues. We, therefore, after the negotiation, uh, agree in September 17, we have a first contact with EIB, first discussion. Then in March, May, we went through the due diligence. This was basically the process where we identify that the 34 million euro is needed. Then we reach in August 2018, we reach the commercial agreement. So basically, we agreed the parameters of the financing. And as well, at that time, the Slovak Investment Holdings, so the co-investor of European Investment Bank, joined us in this. And they basically, they declared that they want to co-invest. They are willing to be a partner in that. So the commercial agreement between all three partners was done in October 2018. We signed the loan contract, and there was a quite a long uh, period to finalize all things. And uh, finally, in March, actually this year, this month, so it's really very really fresh, we made the first drawdown of the first tranche. The money, the overall money is 34 million, as I said, and it's a split between EIB, which provided 70 million euro of the financing in two tranches. The first tranche is 7 million euro. The next second tranche is 10 million euro. And we have a time, 48 months, to reach to this 10 million euro. So we have 48 months to draw down the second tranche of the financing. Probably we'll do it earlier, but the reason for splitting of this, that's basically the investment to the infrastructure goes step by step. So you are not able to spend reasonably all money in one year. It's not the purpose. So uh, there is a certain period where you need to prepare everything and so on and so forth. Therefore, we got some money at the beginning. We got some money in later on. What is very important is that the structure of the financing, the repayment structure of the financing, is matching the cash flow generation capacity of the project or of Greenway and basically what we, we do. So it was understood from very beginning from the discussions that we cannot get financing which will be in a situation when electromobility is still at the beginning and is still not able to generate sufficient funds. We cannot get the financing which will be written very quickly because there will simply be not enough revenues in a short period of time. Therefore, we had to reflect the fact that the electromobility is growing in its own speed and uh, the generation capacity of Greenway will be later on. So therefore, as well, how the repayment will be done is reflecting this generation capacity of Greenway. And next, maybe important to mention is that next to the interest which we pay, there is as well the participation on the growth of the company. So EIB will be remunerated as well if the value of the company will grow. The mechanism is via so-called warrant. I don't want to go into details. Maybe that's too boring for everybody. But things to remember is if the company is growing, is doing well, the value of the company is growing, then there will be additional remuneration for the financiers. And as well, it needs to be important to mention that the risk of the bank is covered via Innofin instrument in this particular case. I don't want to go into details how it is really cooked behind. I think that we have a panelist here, and they are better experts than I do. I just saying it from our perspective as the one who received the funding. So we will be hearing from our panelists how these things really work and uh, what could be done and what should be done. Maybe some other companies like us in this field to get money. 
A few more information is how the money are spent or going to be spent. So you can see this from 34 million euro, there is the loan from EIB. There is a certain portion covered by grants. There is a portion from Slovak Investment Holding. There is additional funds, which still remains to be secured. We have a 48 months to secure this part. So we are not done with the fundraising, but that's expected. And this is a part which is going to be covered by revenues. It is calculated for the period of uh, these four years, which is for the, for the drawdown of the funds. On the other side, how we are going to spend the money. As you can see, most of the money go to CapEx investment in terms of equipment. This is the installation. So it's basically the things bringing the cable to the chargers. Quite a portion is going to be to improvement of IT capabilities. The IT is a very important part of the infrastructure, so it's really not about the charging infrastructure. It's not about chargers itself or the physical infrastructure. It's very much about how you manage it. And then there is as well some coverage of the overheads and overall running of the company. This last slide, which I would like to show, is how really this kind of financing increased the capacity of our company to grow. Uh, there are a mix of fast chargers, ultra-fast chargers, and AC chargers. So naturally, in, in terms of numbers, the AC chargers, which are the cheapest one, are the larger numbers. In terms of the overall, let's say, budget for that, it's a little bit different shape. But what I want to show on this slide is rather to see that we are finishing the first project. So it's basically dark blue. There are a certain number of fast chargers and a certain number of AC chargers to build with these two projects. But we can see the EIB loan is actually extremely increasing our capabilities to invest into the infrastructure in the future. So it's a really important next step into the rollout. And this is the slide I already showed. Uh, details of our plan for the future, as we call it, is already announced in October. So you will find a little bit more details as well on our web pages. There's a 34 million euro to be spent, more than 850 chargers, 40 ultra fast chargers, 370 fast chargers, and about 450 AC chargers. Maybe what I want to say is as well that we want to use this investment into the infrastructure as a kind of a starting point because we truly believe that there is not going to be only about infrastructure which we build, but we want to engage as well the real estate owners, those who want to invest, other small investors, restaurant hotels to invest. So maybe we will be the first one who will bring the charging infrastructure into the hotel or into the shopping mall, but we believe that in the future they will invest into the infrastructure as well. We believe that this money will actually replicate in the future into the much more large amount of funds which will flow into the industry. Now, our role as a CPO will be naturally to apply for management of such infrastructure. And we already have very nice use cases when we, for example, built the fast charger in IKEA. I think we have in every IKEA stores in Poland. And they already by themselves starting to investing into the AC charger, which are then managed by us in our IT system, by our processes. And that's the, exactly the way we put some money into the first and then they are replicated via investment of our partners. So this is this our case. I'm not saying that it's super perfect and it should be always like this. Probably there are maybe even better way to do so, but maybe some other companies can learn from that. So I would now like to give a floor to our panelists to introduce themselves. We will start with Agustin. He has a swell own presentation a little bit, go one by one, and we will discuss then how these things could happen. My name is Agustin Scardino. I'm Deputy Head for Renewable Energy in the European Commission and leader in, in the Commission of Innofinity P facility. You remember the presentation that Peter has mentioned saying the loan given by the bank, the bank was the EIB, is guaranteed by Innofin. So I will explain you why we within the Commission have gone. Traditionally, the Commission has been supporting technologies via grants. Now, what we discover is as the projects reach the level of the project of Peter, or for example, this other project that I'm sure I can go up exactly. This is the first demonstration at commercial scale or floating 
offshore floating. So these structures are floating, it's off the coast of Portugal, it's a very important project. Now, these projects, when they reach this level, the problem is that they have a very complex financing structure. And at the same time, they are very capital intensive. So a lot of money is required in order to support these projects. This is a, a classical structure, similar to the slide that uh, Peter was showing before when he was talking about different components, grant, equity. Debt. So giving a grant to uh, the development of a technology at TRL6 is something that supports the development of the technology. But when we reach these very high-scale projects, like Peter's or the one I've been showing, debt financing is required. Sometimes it's necessary to raise more equity as the company to be able to do it. Sometimes a grant component is necessary. So the financing structure is complex. Now, what we saw is, in many cases, the Commission has been supporting technologies. They reached the level of the project of Peter. But we were not able in the past to continue supporting those projects. And we saw many cases in which the technology simply stayed in what is called the valley of the death, going from the demonstration to the market. There's a valley of death there because if someone goes to a bank and says, I would like to receive a loan in order to deploy this technology, the bank is going to say, yes, fine. But first, you should give us all the different numbers of your first demonstration at commercial scale. We compare and we say if it makes sense for us to give you a loan. So in order to be able to fill that financing gap, we created InnoFinityP. Now, InnoFinityP is this blue part here, imagine in the case of the project of Greenway, in which is allowing the EIB, the EIB is a triple A financial institution bank, and it's important for the bank, for the EIB, to keep this triple A. So it's not a, an institution which enters very easily into more risky projects. Now, the way in which the EIB could provide this loan is because the commission is guaranteeing 100% of all the investment made by the EIB, what we call the first loss piece. In this case, the first loss piece is the totality. If, for whatever reason, any of the projects that have been supported through InnoFinityP, they are not successful, the EIB is not encountering any losses. But we, as Commission, we do that because we want that these technologies can reach the market, can go through the first demonstration at commercial scale, and afterwards they can be deployed. Now, I'm not going to explain more about InnoFinityP. We can go afterwards in the... The question is that you remember the previous slide. I mentioned that, the, well, debt financing is important, grants as well, but we have discovered in many cases, I mean, this one particular case of a project supported through InnoFinityP, that although it received an award, the award was approved, they could not really go ahead because they needed equity financing. So we have just created a joint fund with a group of international investors led by Bill Gates. It's just a pilot, only 100 million. But for the first time, the commission is going to do, I wouldn't say direct equity because it's a joint fund. It's the joint fund, the one which is going to do it. But we are going a step towards doing direct equity investment, which will happen with the EIC. The EIC is the European Innovation Council, and I can explain afterwards. So, you see, we move from grants to cover also debt financing, thanks to the collaboration with the EIB, and now equity financing, thanks to the collaboration of a number of international investors, very interested in, in supporting these technologies for a number of concerns. And the important thing of this, because joint funds in the field of energy, clean energy, there are many. The, the important thing of this one, which is the first one, is that they are ready to put patient capital here. I was, an, in the many years ago, a, an entrepreneur, and certainly the investors I received in my company were not really ready to do patient capital. 
here they are not thinking about any return before 20 years. And that is incredible because that's the, that's the sort of investor that I would like to have in my company if I was willing to have a project. So that's the second thing. And then just, but very fast, you will never understand this slide. Don't try to do it. But there, <laughs> what, what, uh, it is not even a slide. This is the, the way in which we are thinking within, for the next budget, EU budget, a number of instruments like the debt financing, Infinity, Connecting Euro Facility, they are going to be under a single umbrella called InvestEU. And the only thing I want to depict here is that uh, in order to be able to support better projects like the one of Greenway, which is really at the border between energy and mobility, and it could have been financed by us or by Gautier and the Connecting Euro Facility, we are trying to merge, to bundle our instruments to be able to provide better support in the sense that they will be able with that instrument, which is a bundled instrument, a merged instrument, to support a project like this, but also the rollout, not just the first demonstration innovation, but the rollout by companies which don't have a sufficiently strong track record. They are new companies, they are startups, they don't have collateral. So again, with this sort of 100% or very high guarantee that is necessary in order to be able to unlock this project. Now, I'm going to leave in the screen this, because perhaps it's going to be useful for my colleagues, which are going to explain in which way they are supporting uh, these projects in the different sides of the financial structure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Augustine. And that was a uh, very useful explanation of your role uh, of, of DG Innovation behind the, our financing and as well for the future. May I ask you to say a few words about EIB and then how you were instrumental in our case, and especially maybe not so much about ours, that's history, about how the EIB can support the project like ours and uh, going forward, and what, kind, what should be done in order to companies like Greenway to get this kind of things. Thank you very much, uh, Peter, and good afternoon to you all. EIB, European Investment Bank, is an EU bank, uh, and the shareholders are all the member states. Our financing last year was uh, 64 billion, and, uh, and normally we finance 90% in, inside the EU, but also we do projects outside, so 10% outside the EU. Our headquarters is in the woods of Luxembourg, and we have a representation here, so I work here in Brussels. But we have also external offices all around the world, and also in many member states. We provide loans and guarantees, we don't do any grants. Sometimes there are misunderstandings that we would do subsidies or grants, but we do loans and guarantees. So these are our products. And in the transport sector, we want to support uh, cleaner, smarter, and, and safer transport investments. We have a full range of uh, products, so covering low-risk state-backed infrastructure projects, but also to do more riskier projects. I want to highlight that grants are still a very important part in the transport sector, and they continue to be. Why? Because uh, the EU policy needs are there, but also there are clear market failures. One uh, example of our products is blending, and this was also mentioned by Augustine as well. So blending meaning that grants can be blended with loans. So this is something relatively new, but seems to go up and continue. Then I want, well, Augustine made it very easy for me because I was prepared to say a few words about the Energy Demo Project Facility, which uh, Greenway was uh, supported by. Um, but perhaps I only mentioned that um, it has been uh, really uh, successful. There is a growing interest to this kind of product. 
So far, there has been seven projects up to 200 million euros, and, and there has been two projects uh, related to transport. Greenway is the one, and then there is a one in Sweden called Nordvolt, which is doing uh, batteries, battery applications, industrial, but also commercial side. What I also want to mention is that the bank uh, provides advisory services as well, not only on the financial side, but also on the technical building up the project. So that is also important to keep in mind. And this is also available not only on public sector, but also for private sector. And, and um, yeah, experiences. Uh, Peter, you perhaps um, at least uh, partly mentioned it, but... Sometimes, uh, you know, we are a public bank, so the processes might be long, feel that they are long, but in this case, normally it takes uh, six to eight months that we can make the decision. So processes can take time, and especially when there are new innovative products and also new instruments that uh, we are doing. So just to finally mention that we are doing a lot in this sector, and then remember that this has a major impact. This is about climate change, and then this is uh, one of the EU's really priority. Among the main priorities, I would say, even with the new commission and elections coming up. So, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Bia, very much. Thank you. Gautier, you are from INEA, and those of us who are doing the, for example, TEF projects or similar projects are in touch with INEA when it comes to the management and or administration of the project itself, and uh, we are very intensive contact. But this is a grant, so what's your role or role of the INEA in this kind of follow-up financing which goes beyond the grants? Um, thank you, Peter. Yes, I'm Gautier Klaff from INEA. INEA stands for the Innovation and Network Executive Agency. So basically, we implement facilities for parent DGs. DGRTD is one parent DG. DG Move is also a very important parent DG when it comes to alternative fuels. So we do implement programs or facilities. Facilities, it's an EU word for a budgetary commitment, and we are dealing with significant amount of money. And I will not come back on that because we are actually getting to the end of this uh, pluriannual programmation, but we are dealing very, with very significant amount of that. INEA, when it comes to alternative fuels and energy projects, let's say, manages grants for two facilities. The CEF, the Connecting Europe facility, that targets more deployment projects, and within the CEF, we touch all transport mode. And we have, of course, a very important, uh, let's say, envelope for alternative fuels. But this is all about grant. So I will come back to your question about that. Not to forget about also the fact that INEA manages uh, another facility, which is the Horizon 2020, that is more targeting research and innovation projects. But that has also a kind of envelope for smart, green, and integrated transport and will have an successor of this facility, which will be Horizon Europe. So what we do at INEA, INEA basically we manage grants. So basically we design or implement calls, yeah, call for projects where we solicit project promoters to bring to us projects. And our role is really to evaluate the projects and also when they are selected to implement a grant agreement, meaning that, of course, for a grant, you need to have a project that delivers. Maybe for research, you just need to have an ID and maybe it works so much better, but it fails, but at least you need to get an ID and some uh, research team and capacity, of course. 
But for Ceph, we need a project, meaning that we need to see something getting out of the ground with uh, eligible costs, what we call eligible costs. So we have our implementation um, uh, capacities are really following the implementation of project and making sure that we finance the proper cost for this project. And specifically here, of course, the alternative fuel projects. We have also the evaluation side, and this is where I'm more active, because in INEA we have a, a financial engineering team, and the purpose of this team is actually to help experts to assess the validity and to determine which are the best projects, especially including for all modes, huh? I'm not coming to the whatever, inland waterways or air traffic management or ITS or whatever, we have a number of acronyms here. But um, we do so, of course, well for alternative fuels as well. So our role is really to help experts to assess the business model. And uh, this is why we have uh, this uh, small financial engineering team. And we focus on, uh, just to give you an, an overview of how the projects are selected, we look at uh, basically four criteria so far. The relevance, because we want to make sure that the projects are in line with the EU objective. Hmm? That for us, they have what we call a EU added value. Basically, that they are located in cross-border section, core networks, and these kind of things. So that there is some kind of element of EU added value. It doesn't mean that uh, there is no other added value. It could be domestic, national, regional added value. But we, for us, we look at the EU added value. This is very important to keep in mind. That's the relevance. And also we look at the impact, the impact of the action in socioeconomic terms and in financial terms as well. Because we want to make sure that the grant that will be eventually provided is going to serve a purpose that is to help to stimulate the project so that we want to see in the grant a stimulating effect and the capacity to remove a financial obstacle that we can see for the future implementation of the project. And last, we, but not least, we look at the maturity of the project. Now, one thing very important to keep in mind about the grant, which are managed by INEA, and there are other executive agencies in the EU uh, community, let's say, but INEA is one of them. One thing to keep in mind uh, regarding grant is that it's fairly convenient, fairly simple, Convenient because it can address a small amount. The granularity of grants is, is high. But there is one drawback, that is the leverage is one. What I mean by with leverage is that with one euro of grant, you finance one euro of capex. As simple as that. And of course, we realize that uh, these projects, they will, or they are already generating revenues, and therefore there is room to leverage other type of financing. And lately, over the last two years, the agency, INEA, has been involved in the design and the implementation of blending. The first version of blending is the blending call. So it's a call with a, a cut-off date and a, a regular assessment process, let's say. And now we're talking blending facility to accelerate again, because the focus is more on the maturity of project. And of course, we want the Commission wants to deliver more projects faster. And of course, to do that, we have to, <laughs> to be careful about the amount that we spent. I mean, we have deep pockets, but up to a point. <laughs> so we want to leverage as much as possible the grants. And this is why we created uh, blending with this focus on maturity. Maybe I'll stop here, and then later okay. I will address questions. OK, thank you. <laughs> I have a few questions, then maybe we can give a questions to the, to the audience. But the first thing, maybe interesting as well for companies which are thinking in this direction, so going beyond the grants, and as I said, when we get this grant for the project which we have finished, I was set from the Helmut Morsi from DG Transportation, 
this is only a beginning and you should think about going farther and, and, and extend it. It's just, I think, great advice. If someone is thinking in this direction, what should be the criteria? When he should start thinking about getting these kind of things? What should he or the company should fulfill in order to even think about getting to these kind of instruments? And you can maybe answer. Maybe I will start and maybe, yeah. Pia, uh, because I wanted to finish my short presentation by saying that, of course, in the blending facilities, I mean, blending means what? A grant with something else. Something else is a financing in the broader sense of the word. It could be equity, it could be a loan. But when I said the focus on maturity means that we also will look at the project because we want to make sure that the project will be bankable and will go or has gone to a financial institution, EIB and some others, and to make sure the project is ready for scale-up. So what a project needs, project needs good people, <laughs> basically. <laughs> we want to see committed people, and this has to transpire in the application for grants, hmm? just to assess the maturity. Because we know that, uh, of course, these are risky projects. There has to be, of course, some revenues, because otherwise it will be difficult to repay any kind of financing, loan or equity. So that's a given. But we realize that there is a high level of risk in these projects. I guess the key thing that we want to see in a project in terms of, of quality are two things. Let's say committed people, experienced people, skin in the game, because, yes, it requires capital, and the ability to scale up. Meaning, as you said, Peter, the ability to use your experience as a developer as a, to bring other people because the idea is not to finance, even with leverage, the idea is not to finance only five charging stations. We want to see more because the need is tremendous. So this is what we want to see in the application, that people are committed, they know what they're talking about, and they have capability to withstand over time. But of course, we share the same concern with <laughs> banks. <laughs> so it's not redundant. Yeah, and we share the same approach. Uh, the projects need to be mature, there needs to be uh, good projects. But what uh, from the bank side, what I can say is that we don't uh, do any calls. The projects uh, can come in at any time when they are mature enough. And perhaps I also promote our advisory side. We have a European Investment Advisory Hub which was um, set up now with the Juncker Commission and with European Investment uh, Fund. And it is an advisory part of the bank where advice can be asked. So if you keep that in mind, that's a good entry point to the EIB. Thank you. No, certainly from a practical point of view, besides what has been explained by my colleagues, first of all, it's a project at a certain maturity, ready to enter the market, team is fundamental, revenue stream, because it's a request for a loan, so there should be a repayment of the loan. But one thing that I observe many times when companies come to talk to us, they say, I would like to go and talk with the EIB, but I'm still trying to find more equity here, or perhaps a grant there. My advice is go as soon as you have a project. Why? Because the important thing of a, a loan that the one that the Greenway has received from the EIB, supported by the Commission, in terms of covering the, with a guarantee, is that the, it has a very strong call effect. I've been in several meetings in the Commission with companies coming with their banks and telling to us, listen, for as long as the EIB enters thanks to your guarantee, we banks are ready to go there. So in many cases, rather, my advice would be rather than trying to have the full puzzle complete, except for the, the remaining part, which is the EIB. Sometimes having this infinity pilon is going to help you get 
more banks, more commercial lenders on board, and also potential investors because of the very strong impact. Certainly, the due diligence that the AIB is going to do is a very serious one. As I mentioned, the reputation of the institution, and that is something that is very much taken into consideration by commercial lenders, which probably don't have the same kind of expertise. So, advice, concrete uh, reply to your concrete question. As soon as you have the impression that you have a project which could be eligible, go there. Because, as it has been mentioned, if something is missing, if perhaps there are cases where uh, companies go there and, and they don't need to be, they are entrepreneurs, they don't need to have a very sophisticated financial knowledge. The advisory facility that it was mentioned by my colleague from the EIB is something which is going to provide support in terms of knowledge, developing the business model, etc. So that's my advice. Thank you. I had one question that probably was partially as well already explained, I think very important. Okay, if I'm a company and I think I'm eligible, if I think I have a good team, and where is the entry point? Whom should I contact? I assume there was the advisory hub. So is it really that, or do you think, how should I proceed? Uh, yes, that's really one practical uh, entry point uh, to the bank. And then in the advisory hub, they are divided uh, with the sectors, and then they will guide you uh, to the right entry point. The other option is that if you are in a member state where we have an office, uh, I think we have quite many member states and offices, so there as well there is our team which can help you. Okay, concerning NOFINIDP, the process, you have uh, experience already. The entry point, the formal entry point is the EAB. So many times companies come because they have received support from the commission now managed by the implementing agencies. So they come to talk to us. They say, listen, we are in this stage. We have perhaps received support in the past. Now our technologies are ready. What should we do? So we guide them to the EAB. Sometimes they go directly to the EAB. Now, in this process, we have a process in which the application goes to the EAB, but the commission needs to confirm eligibility. So it's a process we do it together. It's a sort of first screening by the European Investment Bank. When the European Investment Bank considers that the project can be eligible, ask the commission for con a confirmation of that. And once that is confirmed is when the EAB starts the due diligence. That is a process which is done only by the EAB. And then the loan will be approved by the EAB. Of course, we follow the whole process because sometimes there are questions, so we try to help. It's an instrument that we have developed together. Mm -hmm. But from that perspective, it's either they can go, you can come to the commission and we'll guide you to the EAB. But formally, the entry point is the EAB, as it has been mentioned. Mm -hmm. Maybe a, a word about uh, INEA process. What's the entry point with INEA? INEA itself. It's actually rather easy to find because, as I said, normally we launch calls. So there will be some publicity, promotion, dissemination of the call, and you go to INEA website and you go if there is a call about to start. So, of course, don't miss the date because if you miss the date, then you need to wait for the next one, which is not very convenient, but that it is the way it is because we want to ensure equal treatment for all, let's say, project promoters. Now, as I said before, in our evaluation process, we look at things that are similar and obviously better done by a financial institution, including the EIB as well. So now we are working on a new type of blending, again, to compress and to reduce delays between the application and the financing. Blending facilities where the process is slightly different because the entry point is actually implementing partners such as the EIB. And then we work in parallel with the evaluation on the financing side, on the one hand, and the grant application 
if, of course, the bank or the implementing partner, the financial institution, has agreed to grant any kind of financing. But the process then goes in parallel. Of course, everybody understands that compared to a sequential uh, approach where you adapt the delays and, uh, and the period of evaluation, working in parallel makes things faster. And this is very important. And in, uh, of course, it ensures that in the end you have a blending, which is a grant, and a financing, which is the end result. So just one precision, as it has been described by Gauthier, in the case of your calls, you have a call for proposals with a, there's a date up to which it's possible, regarding Infinity Peace, a permanently open. So at any moment, uh, the, permanently open for as long as we have budget. <laughs> but, but there's still budget for the next two, three years, and afterwards, of course, it comes the next uh, EU budget. But uh, as soon as you believe that you are in the status that we have described before, don't hesitate. Go to the EIB, go to the Commission, and we'll guide you to the right uh, instrument. Thank you. Maybe I, I would like to say a word about uh, blending calling, because normally uh, promoters, every promoter that I know, they have done blending. Mm -hmm. Not knowing it, because they have got a grant at some point in time, and then they got a financing from a financial institution from EIB. That's blending by nature. Mm -hmm. But what we do... I think that there is a, uh, an additional element that we try to build in uh, within the Commission by linking mechanically and uh, providing some kind of articulated process because we see the grant not only as a value in terms of monetary, but we see the value as a good indicia and of course there is with a strong stimulating effect that it will break the chicken and egg because when you go to a financing institution and you go, okay, I may apply for the grant, and then the financial institutions say, why don't you come back when you have the grant? Okay. And we don't use the same uh, approach with INEA. We don't ask necessarily for financing. But in terms of maturity, of course, we are aware that uh, we need to have uh, not half a project, but a full project. So the concept of blending is actually, when we call blending, we at INEA or at Digimove, and it's an articulated, organized process. You get one because you got the other. I think there is a very critical element here, not in, in terms of promotion of the instrument itself, in terms of recognition of the capacities of the promoters as well, but in the design of the blending facility, we see a stronger leverage of the EU grant. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can only confirm that we are as well applying for one of the blended call with a consortium of other companies, and it was very instrumental to get the commitment of the grant before you go and approach the financing. So. There was a time to get the financing, but we already have grants in the pocket, and we can say that, okay, we have it. Thank you very much for participation. That was the debate from Brussels. It was really great to get such insights directly from the staff at each of the institutions, and hopefully very helpful for you, companies seeking financing in the future. If the debate was interesting to you and you'd like to learn more, don't forget that we have two previous episodes of different panels from part of this special series from Brussels. You can find the episodes in the archive of the Electric Avenue podcast. Now, you know, the best thing you can do to help someone become an EV lover is to give them a ride in an electric vehicle. Likewise, the best thing you can do to turn someone onto podcasts is to share with them one that you like. So share this one. Feel free to check out the archive of Electric Avenue on SoundClouds, iTunes, Stitcher, or Anchor. All our episodes deal with important topics in energy, e-mobility, and the EV landscape of Central and Eastern Europe. So if you're interested in any of these issues, we have episodes waiting for you. If you want to get in touch with us directly, you can reach us at my email, aaron.fishbone at greenwaynetwork.com. 
tweet at us at gwoperator.com or find us on the Electric Avenue Facebook page. Finally, I want to thank all of our panelists in Brussels and our production team of Julia Birchakova for marketing, Katarina Urban-Richterova and Oksana Fernandsova for producing this episode. I'm Aaron Fishbone. Until next time, dear listeners, wish you many happy and safe electric kilometers. When I grow up, I will be electric. We all thought it was quite fun and funny, so we created this in order to give to customers stickers so that they can share it with one of their friends or their family members to help them aspire to go electric themselves.